Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Hey, listeners. Just a quick message before the episode begins. If you volunteer to participate in our Coffee Invention Taste Test and Focus Group project, please be sure to get your completed evaluation forms to the Iron Radio intern, Kayla, as soon as possible. I've asked Kayla to pass along the list of anyone who takes a picture of their evaluation sheet and sends it to her so I can offer a little reward and thank you for your effort. We've been fortunate that this invention has actually won a few awards, but we need your feedback in order to move forward with the patent and a preliminary release of the product through gyms and coffee shops. Thanks. Welcome, Iron Radio listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiologist, and I'm a sports nutritionist, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. And this is Phil Stevens. I'm a powerlifter, Highland Games athlete, and strength coach with Strength Guild. So I'm back this week after a lot of competing last week for my athletes. So Right on. One good. Bunch of new timers. Last week was... A weekend of first-timers getting their first meet in. So we had like nine of them, and they all did really well. So, A lot of nervousness? or uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of nervousness, but it played out well, and most of them realized that those nerves aren't bad if you use them right. So mm-hmm. that was a good realization for many of them. And then I got posted on Iron Radio, too, that I still catch shit for the whole any grown-ass man should be able to deadlift 405. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so my two my two 16-year-olds that weigh 148 and 165 each both squatted and deadlifted over 405. So That's impressive. Uh, there, there's more proof for you that <laughs> despite your body weight, it's possible. So, um, And both these guys are multi-sport athletes, so they're not just concentrating on powerlifting. They're wrestlers and football players and stuff like that. So, Does that help, do you think? Yeah. Uh, uh, help the the performance or do you think it it's not much of a help to be athletic oh yeah it's it's it helps a ton you know if they come they came to me with a much broader base than the average person does just because they play sports so that definitely helps well i mean even as opposed to what if they had some um lifting experience you rather have you rather have an athlete come come to you usually yes because Mm -hmm. if with just lifting experience most of them are taught horribly so most of the athletes I get, they know how to move well. Yeah. And they learn, they're very coachable mm-hmm. is what I would get at. So they, like one kid specifically, I mean, it takes him no time to learn. Like he was doing immaculate cleans within one session. So, and that's just because he's athletic. So, and he's very coachable, knows how to use his body in space. Right. So right. I, I actually ask that because I think there are a lot of people that they get into powerlifting or bodybuilding because it doesn't require and the extent of athleticism yes. as some other sports. Oh yeah, you know. Well, even Cone talks about that. He's like, he tried to play basketball and football and everything. He just he couldn't dribble a ball, but he could he could lift. Right. But I I still urge my kids to be multi-sport, man. I think it's just better for them. And don't concentrate on one thing. We, we got plenty of time for that later. Get a well-built base of athleticism, and then worry about concentrating on one thing later. Yeah, so. I think it's J. L. Holdsworth and Don Columbus. He <laughs> 
he talks about like building a base like kids come to him mm-hmm. unfortunately a lot of these kids they move right into specific yeah. skills like shooting three pointers instead of being able to do things like you know shuffle left and right laterally or walk yeah. backwards or get down on all fours and move and yeah. they can't yeah, do I mean, basics you know what did you see when we were kids you were out playing sports all the time and it was the, today it's basketball tomorrow it's pickup baseball tomorrow it's football you know oh, yeah. that's all we did nerf yeah. football <laughs> wiffle ball yeah you know whatever mm-hmm. you know so but, and i mean i think there's a place for it to concentrating on one thing but i think too many people do it way too early i mean i see like eight-year-olds come in their parents like yep he's gonna be the next major leaguer that's all we do is baseball all the time and then okay he's 12 and getting tommy johns and you know so yeah but um other than that we got a couple uh news bits strength and muscle sport news it's the first one i'll I'll shoot at you is lonnie is um from michael i'm gonna screw up your last name but i'll do my best katabinsky okay Um, why does it seem like pork rarely gets any love everyone always talks about chicken beef and even turkey but no love for pork. Any particular reason I should be aware of because I can buy a whole pork loins for a dollar forty nine a pound regularly. Yeah. I think part of that depends on someone's goals. Um there are cuts of pork that are very fatty and I think that's why it gets a a bum rap, but we all know there are there are cuts of pork that are really very lean, especially if you trim the fat around the edge and that sort of thing. I mean the, they used to have those ads, the other white meat, and I yeah. think the pork growers were feeling the same pain right like why are we demonized like it's sort of like what we talked about with eggs the other week you know Mm -hmm. some people just love to demonize that stuff but i think like anything else uh, the key uh my man is just read the label not all cuts of meat depending if you get it from a butcher where you get it are going to have the same kind of nutrition facts panels but if you can get the grams of protein carbs and fats and you know ballpark it you'll know if it's lean or not you know Mm -hmm. um my personal choice is like off-season type stuff, if it's one-to-one protein to fat, something's got like, you know, 25 grams of protein in a serving and an equal or lesser amount of fat, I'll take it in, (laughs) you know. I mean, these days, not so much anymore. I go for leaner stuff because I'm just um, (laughs) old. (laughs) 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 But uh, that's not a bad – because cheese is sort of along those lines too. But once you start getting stuff that's got – well, even equal, equal or more fat – than protein, it, really then it starts looking to me like more like a calorie source. If you're just trying to load calories, go, go for it. you know. But if you're looking for it as your quote-unquote protein uh, for the meal, you know, make sure it's mostly protein. And yeah, there are definitely cuts of pork um, that will fit that bill. And I think it's great for variety and that kind of stuff. I mean, there's lots of, you know, there's B vitamins like thiamine and things like that in pork and uh, well, you know, like most meats, there's lots of vitamins and minerals in the whole food chain kind of thing. The animals eat all the time, and then you eat the animal, you know, and it accumulates the nutrients. And it's good quality, um, but it's point well taken because I was just um, – this past week I was given a talk about protein quality, and you'll often see beef and chicken on these protein quality scales along with, you know, like the whey and the, and the casein and this and that soy – uh, but rarely do they have pork on that list, and it does make you you wonder why. You know, what's the bias yeah. against pork if they have beef and chicken on that list? And so. that's what I told them. I was like, I, we buy at least a whole pig every year, and it's it's a good source. I mean, we we do that along with chicken and beef and fish, but uh, 
it's another choice for sure. Yeah, I mean, you can straight diet for a bodybuilding show on the right cuts of pork, you know, if yeah. you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> Go buy ground pork that's yeah. 80% lean, 90% lean, Exactly, whatever. yeah, you can get some so. lean lean stuff there. Yeah, especially for somebody, like he said, that is uh, not financially just super well off. It's so much cheaper. So, but, yeah. Good point. Um, our next one is more geared towards me. Uh, by Jason. He's asking, thanks so much for the excellent podcast and great content. Can you give, you give me some suggestions for what type of format you use to keep track of and plan your periodizations? Do you prefer to use a calendar planner or an app of some sort? Thanks. Um, I don't use apps. I'm old school. Basically, generally what I'm doing is mapping out on the calendar. You know, we've got 16 weeks, so and I count back and, you know, Here's our weeks planned out. Here's what needs to be hit this weekend. Here's what needs to be hit next weekend in a general format. And then as well, most of my plans, the plans are pretty fluid or I build in, I build in fluidity into my plans. So it's like, here's a, this is a plus or minus week. You know, we're doing this plus usually. And usually it's a plus because I, I tend to, to, uh, I tend to lean towards programming people well within their ability and then add in bonuses yeah. if they're feeling good. So I don't try to – I, I could, can't say I ever try to plan above their ability. Um, so, but, I mean, we can forecast out. And, like, with myself, I know um, if, if I'm here, then I'm ahead without having to go for a max, you know, with a certain move. Like, I know what I can do for a safety squat bar squat against bands for a set of five. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I did it for 620. I, last time I only did 605. I'm heading in the right direction type of thing. But generally, I just use a calendar and uh, track backwards, and then I use like a – I just use Word and put a table in that has, you know, that many weeks and that many days per week and build my program around that. I don't use any fancy apps or anything like that, and usually that's the same thing I do for my athletes, and I just print them out a PDF. It's like, here you go. Here's what we got going. So – building our days like if they have an event or something like i have one one female athlete that has a half marathon and a strongman competition within three weeks of each other so um we have to plan for that and here's the days we back off here's the days we push harder or the weeks you know we didn't push that hard this week because she's running today and then now we drastically drop the running for the last three weeks and up the the strongman stuff get her recovered from the run and go do the strongman competition so but that's what I use. It's just calendar. I'm old. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, you know, it's like the kiss yeah. principle, isn't it? Keep it simple. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it seems to work. So that's okay. where we are. So okay. other than that in news, I mean, it's just the same old stuff. I mean, everybody sees it. Lots of, lots of news on the transgender front and the hormones are cheating front and things like that. Lifting wise, the Kern U.S. Open was this last weekend. I don't know if you heard anything about this yet. No. Lonnie? Mm-mm. Oh. So, especially in the women's class, uh, we had Steffi Cohen went in and squatted, what was it, 507? Ooh. I'll look it up. She squatted 507 at 123. Oh, my God. And she's the one getting all the play, but uh, still, even after the meet. But Mariana Gasparian went in. She was the girl at the tribute meet that I went to with Brian. She upped the ante and decided to jump Steffi by 30 kilos and smoked 573 at 123 and made it look. What? Yes, she hit 573 at 123 and 
just smoked it. She beat the men's current record in the 123 class by five kilo. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> yeah, and then there was this whole argument about, oh, the, you know, see, women are even. With, and I was like, well, you have to remember, the 123 class is not exactly highly competitive in men. <laughs> you know? So I looked it up, and there's been like 704 women thus far this year in the 123 class, and there's been two guys. Oh, so, you know, there's not a it's it's not a highly contested uh, men's category. So of course, you look at the other categories and the 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 women aren't there. But no, there were some huge lifts. A 950 deadlift by by Caitlin Wooler Woolham, um, and he's 220, pulled 950.2. Wow, for a new world record. Um, the hook grip. Yeah, and then uh, Yuri Belkin squatted 914 at 242. Big uh, yeah, there were some. Yeah, there were some big, big lifts. So, but the women—it was the first time anybody's crossed the 700 Wilks. So, Mariana got a 720 Wilks, and uh, she saw everything. All of her lifts were huge. 292 bench at 123, 485 deadlift. So she went out and just uh, ran things. So <laughs> <laughs> ran the event. Uh, it was, yeah, it was pretty, pretty amazing. But um. So that was a, that was a fun time to watch, and like I said, then we had a little meet we were at, and everybody did well at that. And it's always fun seeing first timers uh, get into things. And it's one thing to to coach people at a really highly competitive meet, but it's it's another thing to wrangle nerves and and things like that. So can I assume that, this is a raw meet or? Yes, yes, that's she was all like the five seventy three was in wraps, wraps in a belt. Oh my god! So, no suit. Yep. Definitely, yeah. I mean, redefining <laughs> what strong is, you know. Yeah. Well, and it's just proving that, like, women's Wilkes is is broken as far as, like, we can no longer compare men and women. Now, you can compare women against women, of course, and men against men. But, like, Yuri squatted 914, bench 507, and deadlifted 881, and he got a 627 Wilkes, whereas Mariana got a 720. So she beat him by it. 100 points on Wilkes. Yeah. Um, women are just, when Wilkes was built, women weren't what they are now. They just weren't into the sport as much. The, the women in sports is be, in powerlifting has become so much more popular and it's drawing so many more highly competitive athletes. Whereas before it was like, I don't know, it was like powerlifting for men when it first started out. It was, it was, it was another sport to keep going when athletes were done with football and things like that. So, and now you're getting athletes into it that are, that's what they do, you know, at age 23, you know, they're mm -hmm. peaking out and hitting that sport. So, um, that's happening now with women. That's like research, uh, like population specificity. Like it was valid for the population when it was, it was created. Yeah. But now that that population has actually changed into something different. Yeah. You know, yep, it's totally different population. At some point, maybe some crazy smart mathematician will come up with some new formula that that actually balances men and women out but and that's they used Wilkes and like the top three got got money at this meet and of course women were at the top you know Yuri took third but uh and yeah we'll see I mean Kaylor Wollum that pulled 950 at 220 that's that's huge if he can get his squat up there you know the difference between him and Ed Cohn right now is mainly the squat because Kaylor squatted 661 which I'm not saying is not hugely impressive is a three times body weight squat but when you start talking about ed did a thousand 
and then pulled 900. <laughs> yes. It's, it's a different story. That's so. You know, uh, Phil, uh, midweek, I was I was actually talking about this uh, regarding caffeine enhancement out, out in Colorado at NSCA about it's very tough when we compare genders with different things because oh, yeah. you have to include things like absolutes, you know, like watts or weight on the bar. I mean, mm-hmm. or even the size of a coffee. Every, but then when you make it relative to women, how do you do that? So we use like statistics like covariance so we can adjust for for body weight. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. you could do it like a percent gain, you know, but you got to be careful, right? I mean, if a guy benches 405 and he gets 10% mm-hmm. from the caffeine, that's 40 pounds. If a yeah. girl is benching, let's say, 185, that's that 10% is only 18 and a half pounds. Yes. So 40 yeah. pounds versus 18 and a half. So, yeah. but it's still neat to look at gross total weight change and percent gain right and you could do that with a lot of different things or like yeah. uh, adjust for baseline we even did it with adrenaline concentrations and stuff like when the subjects came in what was their baseline adrenaline and then what percent rise did they get from the lifting or from gotcha. from the coffee or both but the whole thing was actually about what you're talking about and i was actually reading up on on the wilkes formula and whatnot and what it biases, you know, who it biases for or against, mm-hmm. and uh, there's all these attempts to make stuff relative like that. But it, it is a bugger to try to compare men oh, with yeah. women. Um, it's not, you know, back in the in the days when everything was aerobic fitness, you just do milliliters of oxygen per kg per minute. It's just oxygen mm-hmm. uptake, you know, and then you can look at, well, men tend to have higher VO2 max because they have more red blood cells from the testosterone, blah, blah, blah. But it's a more smooth uh, comparison uh, than power sports. It's just harder, yeah. man. Body yeah. shape and and baseline yep. characteristics and, and percent gain and uh, yeah, it's hard. It's and yeah. I think you need to look at it different ways because sometimes absolutes do matter. Uh, so there's that. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean we talk about that all the time and like even with my programming. I mean, there's a difference in between a guy that's squatting 400 and a guy that's squatting 900. I can't just add 10 percent to 900. You know? Yep, that's it's 90 pounds. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. Yeah. So that really, at the end of the day, makes a huge difference. So yeah, I'm actually waiting for uh, some blowback from somebody about oh, you know, you talk about absolute coffee intake or absolute performance that never matters. It has to be per pound or per kg, and I'm like, well. Really? Because when you yeah. think about external validity, if you go out with a smaller female or a smaller guy, Phil, and he yeah. is not going to drink coffee, like get out the graduated cylinder and measure how many milliliters of coffee he gets compared to you. Like Phil's drinking 20 ounces, so I'm going to drink 14.5. You know, yeah. nobody does that. So absolutes do matter. And like we were saying, absolutes, pounds on the bar do matter. So making stuff relative, you just have to look at it multiple ways and and try to consider everything altogether. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's like with lifting. I mean, you start getting in the 242 class and then above, you know, 275, and you look at the records. Okay, now 308. That, that swing starts going down, and you start getting a, you know, if I take a lifter from 165 to 181, I can expect a large, drastic increase in their total. If I take a lifter from 308 to 350, it's not that big of a swing. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't – they're already big, and the body can only handle so much. You start seeing much less – like the squat goes from 80 to 900. 
whereas 165 we go from 350 to 450 right you know, it's it just doesn't sw- it's not a a constant curve yep. so if 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 it was then we'd start seeing like 1200 pound deadlifts at 400 pounds and that's just not happening like yeah so. it's not endlessly linear improvement no yeah kind yeah. of yeah it just doesn't happen that way so at at a point it starts being yeah let's say early on it's one pound of body weight equals one pound on the bar but then you start getting up to you know 400 pound mammal and you're talking okay 20 pounds of body weight equals another one pound right know? yeah it's going to plateau so, at some point right I mean, yeah if, if not we'd all just be eating up and just crushing so yeah um yeah okay is yeah it? so that's kind of where we're at okay. this week as far as things happening all right um everyone i guess i was a little remiss i it's in the title of the show of course but we're just gonna fire some questions this or that questions quick fire questions uh at phil and, and they're they're bodybuilding specific so this is gonna he's gonna have to <laughs> dip into his long-term oh, memory for God. some of these kinds of things um <sighs> but some of them should be fun and then you can answer them yourselves as we go along uh again about your this or that they're closed questions preferences and they're about bodybuilding so we'll get to that uh after the break Hey listeners, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. If you've ever had anyone critique you uh, on your protein intake as part of your weightlifting lifestyle, oh, you poor meathead, all that extra protein is going to rot your kidneys or weaken your bones or dehydrate you or give you gout or who knows what, uh, there is a book available. You could simply Google CRC Press and Lowry. And what I've done is reach out to experts all over the world and create a book, a single compendium that you can hold up and say, this is why I consume extra protein. This can be very valuable when you're um, being quote-unquote educated uh, by various professionals on the topic. Uh, There's an enormous amount of literature in this book on the safety, uh, the effectiveness, how protein works in cells, the history of protein and weight trainers, uh, much more. So again, please check out CRC Press and Protein and Lowry. You can just Google that, and uh, I do, full disclosure, I do make a small single-digit royalty on the book, but that's not why I did it. I did it so we can all have something, uh, our particular population, uh, to both defend what we do and to inform our nutrition and our eating. Thanks. Iron Radio is, of course, primarily a podcast. But over the years, there have been technical glitches calling for backup streaming and listeners who wanted the convenience of other sources of audio content. Toward this end, Iron Radio is now simulcast and backed up on YouTube. If needed, please search Lawnman07 or Iron Radio from within YouTube. There's not much video, but if you like to listen through YouTube on a Roku or other living room device, there you go. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. 
you'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. Okay, everyone, we're back. It's Lonnie and Phil. And, um, you know, I was actually remiss now that I'm thinking about it. This is episode 520. So if you consider 52 weeks a year, we have now undisputably, not just on a calendar, but even numbers-wise, put in 10 years with this show. Oh. So 520. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So quick-fire bodybuilding questions. Coming at you, Phil. Some of these are about competition. Some of these you're going to be quite familiar with, uh, either because you know you've dieted before or you've trained with your family members or not before. But some of this stuff it, it will seem a little weird uh, as well. Uh, but here we go. Number one: huge and bloated off season or smaller but shredded on stage. Which do you prefer? Huge and bloated off season. <laughs> I thought you <laughs> might. By far, I thought you. By far, <laughs> you know what? I this is going to sound weird, but um, yeah. because it's such a temporary thing. But being shredded is really fun. I mean, when you're down around four five percent body fat, you feel like a comic book character. You know, <laughs> um, I think I might go with with the shredded thing because there are downsides to the huge and bloated, like tying your shoes, <laughs> stuff yeah. like that. Next, um. Vascular or striated? Which would you rather be to show in shape? God, that's a tough one. Um, I'm going to go with vascular. Everybody seems to always get like uh, – I get more comments on that when I get lean than I do anything else. Mm -hmm. Like, good Lord, you're just so vascular. No, and it's uh, – again, genetics come in play there, but yeah, uh, more more so than striations. But I mean, I think you. Uh, I just just from personal experience, I get more uh, comments on that than I do the other. Mm -hmm. So, I think I'm going to go with striated as a marker of, you know, in being in shape. Um, part of vascular to me is it depends if your veins look good. <laughs> that sounds funny, yeah. but if you've got a bunch of like varicose looking clumps of veins, you know, worms scriggling under your skin, that at some point that gets a little bit much. Um, so. Okay, uh, next. Uh, gallons of distilled water or dehydrate before an event? <sighs> and we're specifically talking bodybuilding. I'd say, gosh, uh, each has their downdraw, but I'd say gallons of distilled water. At least you're not just dehydrated and flat. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm going to go with the other one. I'm going to go with de when I actually competed. I dehydrated. Uh, I was too worried about. This idea of chugging copious amounts of um, of distilled water, you know, as my approach to sort of flush sodium and, you know, look tight on stage and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I dropped the weight and I stopped fluid intake, you know, like uh, lunch the day before kind of thing. Uh, and I don't recommend that to anybody else. It's scary. You know, you could tell when your plasma volume changes, you get dehydrated because mm -hmm. your heart rate changes and stuff like that. Uh, and I didn't do it severely, but, you know. You know, you're likely going to be down on a lot of your electrolytes and stuff like that and start cramping up. Yeah. So, And don't get me wrong. I've seen guys dehydrate if they take something, a loop diuretic. I'm not talking about drugs here, but if, you're, if you mm -hmm. overdo it with something like Lasix, I've watched guys look very vascular and look fantastic. They're like that mentality. I can just get a little bit drier, and they take 
more <laughs> Lasix, uh-huh. and then th- their blood volume drops, and all of their vascularity goes away, and they look yeah. flat, and and they lose. <laughs> so yeah. there's yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. um, how about this? Uh, as far as back, uh, back double biceps pose or rear lat spread? Ooh, rear lat spread. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. It usually just shows off that crazy thickness a bit better. Yeah, that that's the first one we yeah. agree on. I, I I agree with that 100%. <laughs> rear lat spread yeah. is um, amazing, especially when there's thickness to the back. You know, and yeah. you're not just wide. Yeah, I yeah. always think about like Franco Colombo. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, how about this one? Another bodybuilding uh, pose. Most muscular pose with your fists together in the front or on the hips. Oh man, I think if you could pull it off on your hips and show something impressive, you're jacked. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. So um, most guys will go the other way, and you're you're pulling things closer together and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you can do that with them on your hips, it just means you're carrying a lot of mass. Yeah. So okay, I agree with that one too. Because <laughs> <laughs> it squares off your shoulders, and as long as you've got enough meat on your front delts and your chest. Yep. Um, yeah, I actually like that one too. Uh, how about this one? This is um, for the old old guys and gals in the crowd. But um, Lee Labrada or Lee Haney? Oh, God! You are showing that we're old. Um, I'll go with Labrada. I suppose. Yeah. Hmm. Me too. I'm surprised <laughs> at that. I thought you'd just go for the mass, you know, because of course nah. Lee Haney was a bigger dude. Yeah, no, I mean, he was just impressive. I mean, like, I, I don't have a huge background in it, but um, it's just a name that always pops up. And still, he's in, last time I've seen him anyways, he's still in decent shape. Yes, he is. So, yeah. And that's that in and of itself is impressive. So It really is. And, you know, and I was impressed. I mean, the guy was in engineering. You know, he's no dummy. Uh, yeah. And when it came to, like, presentation and posing, he really tried to keep alive the, the Frank Zane thing in a new era. And I don't think we have many examples, if any, of someone like that now. Somebody who's stubbornly artistic and yeah. intellectual and and obviously had a fantastic uh, shape, you know. So, um, Fanny pack or string tank top? <laughs> <laughs> oh string tank top. Yeah. <laughs> I can't go with the fanny pack. Yeah. Oh, I admit I had both of those things, <laughs> oh. like in the, you know, 80s. 90s. Uh, I think fanny packs for, uh, uh, I don't know, a year or two ago, I started seeing them reappear. They're they're coming back. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, They have them with, like, built-in Bluetooth speakers now and things. Yeah. So. Oh, I guess, yeah, that would be, that'd be interesting. Uh, I think I might go with a a fanny pack for utility because right now I can't think of a good way to put my, where do I put my phone when I lift? Uh, I used to have one of those dorky, like, waist clippy things. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what to do with it. And a fanny pack would solve it for me, but uh, yeah, but make no mistake. Yeah, I still have old string tanks in my closet. I shouldn't even divulge mm-hmm. that, but I couldn't there throw them go. away. You know, some of these things, I'm like, I wore that at Gold's in Venice, you know, and I, <laughs> I used to go train at World Gym out there with this one, and you know, they're just, um, they're almost like uh, relics. Yeah. Um, similar. Uh, um, fashion statement here posing trunks or board shorts oh man 
<laughs> These are hard. Posing trunks. I can't. The board short fad is. It's just bad. It just enforces the, you know, bench only bro scene. Yes. No, you're just hiding your lack yes. of legs. Yes. Yes. So. Thank you. Right. Okay. We agree on that one too. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? I know somebody might say, "Oh, well, like speedos. That's cheesy." It's like, gotta see your legs, right? Yeah. It, it, the. Uh, that's your foundation. And if you're just going to take it out of the equation, I'm sorry. It's just a weaker presentation overall. And it's just like the people in – it's it's like powerlifting. Like people worry about the singlet. Sorry, bro. It's just a part of the sport. You know, if that's really what you're worried about, you got other things to worry about. <laughs> you, know, you got to yeah. get up there and show off your legs if you're going to be a bodybuilder. Yes. So. 100% agree. Um, this one's good. I don't know if you have any um, <laughs> context for this, but uh, backstage – Ham or rub on almond oil? Would you rather have almond oil applied by somebody or spray Pam on yourself? I'm going to go spray Pam on myself just because it sounds easier. Yeah. I can just apply it. This is the primping stuff that I hate about bodybuilding, uh, right? Um, and I actually went with Pam because it's real yeah. thin. The worst thing you could do is if you put on too much oil, you have somebody else put the almond oil or something else on baby oil too thick you get out under those hot lights and you just look like you're laminated you know <laughs> it's, it's terrible you start melting yep yep Ugh. oh yeah no make no mistake your colors running it's also theatrical and artificial right yeah and you're just trying to make it look like it's natural i guess yeah. um how about this one uh this is from a uh, perspective of pumping up backstage uh heavy pump up weights or light and high rep before you got out on stage to look maximally mm, jacked? Probably light and high rep just because I know the, the pump I get from that comparatively. Like, I don't get pumped up really from heavy sets. I get wore out. But yeah. But if I want to get my legs pumped or something, I'll hit a set of like 30. And then it's like, oh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I should remember who I'm talking to, too, because, I mean, I don't mean powerlifting heavy, you know? Yeah. But, um, exactly. I actually preferred a little bit of weight on the bar, like two and a quarter, you know, for a yeah. couple of sets of five kind of thing. And it, it to, to me, it just got sort of, a, I don't know if it's like a, a deeper effect or something like that, mm. as opposed to something that was too light. Um, but yeah, I mean, clearly if it's too heavy, I mean, you're not going to do like two or three reps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Powerlifting yeah, exactly. style. Yeah. So. Um, overhead spotlight or well-lit stage? Oh man, an overhead spotlight's gonna show off things. It's gonna the right lighting can make somebody that's horrible look good. So I'm gonna go with overhead spotlight. Me too. Me too. <laughs> uh, some of the, the, the best photo I ever had, JM Mannion took some pictures and it was it was one of those venues where you're like, Thank God they're doing this right. The lights are coming straight down on you and everybody looked huge, you know. Yeah. And tighter and, and really good. Uh and I've been on st- stages where everything was lit like a sort of this rock star kind of thing with all these colored lights bouncing in every direction. And I, I remember, um, I think it was in St. Louis it was like that. And I kept remembering a quote from Arnold Schwarzenegger. He said, with the fucking lighting out there, nothing exists, you know. And mm-hmm. that's how it was. Like, everybody looked small and soft. Yeah. I'm like, if you guys are so excited about the stage, you've just forgotten the competitors on the stage. How about this? And this might be interesting coming from you because I know powerlifting is different. Uh, having family in the audience versus being a lone warrior at a competition. Mm. God, from my experience, it doesn't really matter. I'm up anyways. So 
because um, even my family and friends, they know to leave me alone. <laughs> it's like, get away from me. I don't yeah. want to talk to anybody. Okay. Like, my wife will give me a kiss before I go, and then it's like she knows to leave me alone. So, mm-hmm. but then again, I mean, at the same time, when I'm up on stage, there'll be 150 people in the crowd screaming, and the only voice I can hear is hers. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm wired to, or my kids. You yeah. know, I can hear them because I'm used to yelling at them for being too loud. So it's just wired in. But uh, okay. I don't know. It can be a it can be a benefit to have. It can definitely be a benefit to have to have your crowd with you. So I, let's let's go with that. Let's go with family and friends. Uh, okay. You know? Yeah. I think I prefer the lone warrior thing. I mean, Kelly's been with me at quite a few shows, uh, but a lot like you, that's sort of different. Like when my son was young, I really didn't expose him to a lot of bodybuilding stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I, there's there's a, a, a potential downside there, you know, and yeah. that I didn't really want to expose him to. So he knew dad got ready and went to these things. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I had – there's there's a, almost a deviant aspect. Uh, you get high enough in bodybuilding, and I uh, maybe we'll have a whole show about that. We probably yeah. have before. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, some of my uh, – the shows that I've done, I've just driven far away and just done it myself out of necessity, yeah. and and I kind of like that. I, I like the lone wolf kind of thing. So, um, to me, that's part of the the courage test in a sense. Yeah. But uh, how about this one? Because I know this is going to be true. I think in in both sports, uh, many or few competitor brackets. Oh, you know what I mean? Like weight classes, uh, yeah. male, female, fitness figure. Um, Classic. Few. I, I man. I, I honestly, there's too many now. I'd rather see it boil down to just uh, let's let's just have a class and let's go out there and do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And as far as powerlifting goes, because now it's like, holy moly, you go to a meet and it's like nobody's competing against anybody. We're all in different classes. You know. <laughs> I'm the 43 year old dark haired with a beard class. You know. Yeah. And it's like, come on, I I want to. It's more fun when you're competing against other people, and they've they've created so many classes that now it's like <laughs> everybody gets first. So, right? No, I'm on board with that too. I think fewer. Yeah. Uh, like sometimes when now I'm not against lightweight bodybuilding, right? But when you have bantamweight, lightweight, a lot of people in the crowd they don't start paying much attention until like light heavyweight and heavyweight, yeah. um, maybe middleweight. I've seen some impressive middleweight guys. Uh, but part of the idea would be that there's a certain mass requirement. And I like that there are weight classes. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But, yeah, to your point, and then when you throw in there's classic and uh, I, I don't know. It, it does become confusing. It's like, yeah, you're. it almost becomes a everybody wins participation trophy because yeah. everybody's going to place in the top five, yep. you know, kind of thing. Anyway. Okay, how about some, well, this is the nutrition stuff? Um Baked yam or white potato? Ah, I'm going to go with the yam. I like them. They're good. I mean, both are good, but there's some extra flavor going on there. Yeah, I'm I'm 50-50 on that, but I, the rule is I have to choose. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think from when I think bodybuilding, at least I think yams. I just know. Yeah. Uh, chicken breast or salmon filet? <sighs> I'm going to go with salmon. Okay, chicken okay. breast. I could do without a chicken breast for my whole life. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that with cans of tuna. I like if I never see another one, I could I'll be okay. <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to go with chicken breast uh, just because for whatever reason. I know a lot of people think, "Oh, you're crazy," but um, 
I like smoked salmon, but salmon fillets, they really, I don't know. I, I just can't get into them on a day-in and day-out basis. Chicken is so neutral, you know, and you could just keep shoveling it kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I know there's not omega-3s in it and all that kind of stuff. but um, Broccoli or green beans? Mm, green beans. Yeah. Broccoli, I don't know, man. Broccoli's okay every now and again, but... Uh, I just like green beans better. I mean, I don't know how to argue that. Right. So. No, I'm just trying to think what's the fibrous veg that you put next to yeah. your, your slab of meat, you know, when yeah. you're competing. Uh, I'm going to go with broccoli. Uh, green beans just bore the heck out of me. Um, I suppose if they were fresh and well done, it'd be different. But, you know, this either is we're talking utility here, you know. Either one of them is really good with a lot of butter. but that Yeah, they can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> not Not in this context. Yeah. <laughs> Um, protein shake or protein bar? Oh, man. I'm going to go with a shake because all the pro- – I don't care what anybody says. Even the really good bars and the really good shakes aren't that good. So yeah. I can slam a drink down and be done with it. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, I agree. I'm going to go with a shake over a bar. A lot of times, too, bars have weird, like, sugar alcohols that give you gas mm-hmm. or – They've got crappy protein or their nitrogen spiked. They're just a little more dubious. The shakes are a little bit more uh, honest, uh, mm-hmm. at least painting with a broad brush here. So, yeah, I'm going to go shake as well. Um, cycling carbs weekly or progressing downward each week? If progressing downward each week. Yeah. I must keep a simple guy. And Me it's like, too. Man, I, <laughs> I don't want to have to. Oh, it's Wednesday. I gotta have no. Just let me, <laughs> just let me stick to a plan. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I I've actually asked that backstage uh, to people before. Like, how do you get, how do you get ready? Like, I it felt like an opportunity for me to learn. You know, yeah. and most yeah. of them do like the cyclical. They could call it ketogenic. I'm not sure it is, but cyclical low carb diets where during the week they eat no carbs, and then on the weekend they'll go nuts and eat a whole pizza mm-hmm. or a chocolate cake. Because of course, when you spread that back over the prior week, you're still mm-hmm. in a huge deficit, you know. Yeah. And then they refill their glycogen. That's neat. Uh, we had Mario Di Pascal on the show years ago, and I think he kind of was a proponent of that type of thing. But like you, I can't do that. I rather just get my baseline. Like I eat 400 grams of carbs a day. For a couple of weeks, I'm going to drop it to 350, and then for a couple of weeks, I'm going to drop it to 300. Yeah. I like the progression model. We've talked about that before, right? People yeah. try to diet uh, all at once somehow instead of having a progression system like they do with the weights. No powerlifter yeah. or bodybuilder would try a progression model where they're like, I'm just going to bench 405 today. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, keep the weight heavy or go high rep in final weeks. For a show. Keep the keep the weight heavy. Yeah, like all the people I've trained, uh, my last one was guy that won Mister Oklahoma, and we kept it as heavy as we possibly could until the very end. Um, I really don't think there's a way to to keep muscle mass on better. I mean, my argument for that is always if if low weight high reps did it, then marathon runners' legs would be jacked, but they're not. They're so not. I mean, we need to keep you the 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 best way to tell your body that I need muscle is to keep using it. So, yep. I mean, we keep things as heavy as we can. Yeah. Uh, being a <clears throat> often smaller, hormonally challenged kind of guy when I would compete, um, that was how I did it, right? Even just uh, two weeks out, I, as long as I could do a couple of reps with 405 in the squat, which that's pretty heavy mm-hmm. for me. Uh, I know a lot of our listeners think that's not. But for me, that was pretty heavy, and that's how I knew 
right? Like if I was all the way down squatting 275, I'm like, I must be smaller. This sucks. Yeah. And yeah. so no way, no way. Yeah, heavier weights. Uh, obviously, you're at greater risk of injury at that point. you got to mm-hmm. be cautious. But um, yep. Okay, just two more. Um, contest prep with a spouse, like in tandem, or alone? Alone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think I've just always been that way with everything. And it's like, I can do this. And it's kind of, I don't know, it's, you just prove it to yourself. I'm, I'm better than that plate of food. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, so. I think also I would absolutely go crazy. You hear about arguments and people even split oh, up yeah. and stuff like this over yeah. contest prep. I remember something Dorian Yates said once was, he said, why would I get angry and cranky with my wife? I'm the one denying myself. It's not logical to be pissed off at somebody else. Just eat the food. If, you, if you're angry that yeah. you can't have it, then simply have it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I can't imagine another person in the house with the level of primping, right, mm-hmm. and fussing and self-absorption that's required. I can't imagine doing that together. Some people may have a great system, like support system. Uh, and don't get me wrong. My wife and I have done that over the years in various things. Like, now it's your turn. Now it's my turn. Now it's your yep. turn. And you, you get support. Yep. But to pursue the same goal at the same time yeah. – no thanks. Yeah, like me and my wife won't even do meets the same time. You know, yeah, we'll go to a, we'll go to each other's, but it's like okay, it's your turn. Yeah, you know? I just think it's a better so, system. But again, yeah. some people may have the kind of relationship they can do that. Listeners, if if you're in a spousal relationship like that and you're both competitive, I'd love to hear it. You know, if you're, yeah. but don't don't come and and instruct us if you've been married for a year or two. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to see this happen, you know, and you're still together. <laughs> yeah. Um, last one. Um, personal best shape or win the overall. Right? Not just win your weight class, but win the whole show. Would you rather be in your personal best shape or win the overall? Win, win the whole thing. Yeah. You know, when it comes down to it, that's really why we're doing it. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, it's great to beat yourself, but you want to win. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I'm really torn on that one um, because I agree with you. I mean, it's a it's a competition, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a comparison. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah. And if you never do that, and because that's one of the things that I actually never did. I never won an overall. I was always like a bridesmaid kind of, you know, second, third. And, you know, I felt like to me that was a personal success, um, you know, good size lineup of 20 per- people in your weight class at a regional level. But never won the overall. Um, so it's hard for me to speak to that. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever been, like, the strongest lifter in a meet? Or are you always well, competing I, at such a high level that that's not going to happen? I, well, I won the world in deadlift. So that's probably the the biggest thing that I've done. But I've, I've won overall at small competitions, not a big one. Yeah. So I'm always up there with... With the best of the best, right? You know? Yeah, and and now I mean it's like now I'm my goal is to still be up there and be old, so. right? Yeah, well, it's a different kind of goal, right? Yeah, yeah. it's a different challenge. So yeah, they need a weight class. We talked about all those brackets and classes. We need one for um, artificial joints. <laughs> yeah, and it's just yeah. I mean, honestly, my goals now are just to be still be up there with those guys and be where I'm at. You know, it's like that's that's great. Right. So. Yeah. I always just wanted to be competitive in national qualifier kind of regional shows. Like I never did a small 
show. Yeah. I mean, not not as like a, a grown adult. You know, when I well, was like twenty years old, I think I did a smaller show or two. But. Yeah, and that's that's the weird. I was talking about this the other day with somebody with another high. Like like we always used to seek out, and I still do seek out. I want to go to the meets where there's the best. But you see a whole group of lifters now that they like they pick contests where they can win. You know? Yeah. <laughs> where they'll where they'll be they want to go to the ones where they'll be the best. It's like, no, I want to go to the ones who has the best and then hopefully I'll be the best. Yeah. I want to measure myself against the pinnacle. Yes. And that's why I go to big meets still. I don't wanna I don't wanna do this little I can still go to local meets here and walk away with best lifter award. I've done it before and I can do it again. But I don't want to do that. I don't want to be the best out of the worst. I want to measure myself against the measuring stick. I say that all the time, bro. <laughs> like, um, I, who wants to be the big fish in the small pond? Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you feel very important, but, yeah, you didn't compare yourself against, yeah. you know, higher level people. Now, with me, it was, it was a little bit different because there's no way I'm going to get on. <laughs> even if I were to uh, get to the point I could even enter a national – I would it would be folly for me to do that. Those guys are gassed yeah. so heavily. There's no, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't. You don't want to do something like Sun Tzu would say. Oh, you know, only choose battles that you've already won. But in, in this case, yeah, don't throw yourself. Don't jump in with a bunch of great white sharks and try to outswim yes. them. You know, kind of thing. So I mean, you have to be realistic in in one sense too. But, um, but yeah, you've got to be compared against people that actually matter. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, they're actually. Ex, like some kind of standard, like a, a regional or national standard, at some point in your career, you know, to see yeah. how you compete with that. I think, and that's, so. I don't know, it's just more important for me. Like last weekend, it was a good meet. It was a great meet for first timers, but there were two guys that were like alone, uh, squatting in the sixes and sevens, and deadlifting, and one guy pulled seven. And I was like, no, I want to be in a whole flight of people like that. Yeah, uh, that's the type of meet I want to be at. I want to be at. Okay, here comes fifteen dudes, and I'm part of that. You know? Yes, and let's see where it stands at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's that's impressive to me. Like, okay, I was still on the flight of guys squat nine hundred. You know? Right, I didn't squat nine hundred, but I'm an eight. So hey, I'm still there. Yeah. You know, I, so you know, having said that, though, I think I might actually choose personal best shape. Uh, like if if I could guarantee. That I'd be ten pounds heavier and one percent fat lower. I would choose that just because yeah. I I had to you know I'd have to prove that to myself kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but well, yeah, I mean, it, that the context you know that comes down to a lot of what I'm saying too. You know, like I'm totally happy to go in and squat like the last meet. I didn't win, but I squatted seven oh five and hurt. You know, and I walked away happy. I didn't win at all. Oh right. But I did something that I haven't done, and. uh uh, yeah, I was stoked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't win overall. I didn't win anything. But when uh, I was um when I was 33, I think I competed uh, after a long hiatus, and I I think I took fourth out of a flight of like 25 guys, and it was a big show. And I stayed up all night looking at my trophy. Like I was so yeah. I was so happy I couldn't even sleep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you might like, well, dude, you took fourth. Yeah, but I proved to myself that I could be competitive in a pretty high level thing and and that yeah. was very gratifying for me and that's where it comes down to it i mean i now if i i would rather take personal best in a in a competition against the best than i would overall against not the best <laughs> you know oh yeah what I'm saying? yes so, right sure yeah yeah okay 
All right. Well, that's about it. Uh, everyone, I Mike couldn't join us, uh, and I, he's usually so good about that, and sometimes it's just simply impossible because he's literally speaking somewhere at the time we're recording. But other than that, uh, that'll be it for this week, and we'll see you next time. Sounds good, guys. Thanks a lot. Hey, listeners, have you seen the store at ironradio.org? There are three halls in the store, one for Phil, one for Fortress, and one for myself, Dr. Lowry, and they're thematic. So you can go into our Halls of Iron store and choose based on your goal. If you need something to learn or read or something nutritional, you can look in my store, uh, Lonnie's store. If you want something about injury prevention uh, or competition, then take a look at Phil's Hall of Iron. And if you want something about motivation or daily training, Fortress's Hall has what you're looking for. There are some fun heroic descriptors uh, as you browse through the stores. We try to make it a little more fun than the average boring online store. And whether you're a novice lifter or someone more experienced, you can take heart that you're not wasting your time. The things that we put in each hall of iron are actually based on our own recommendations. Protein powders that we know to be good. Uh, knee sleeves. Wraps of some kind. Things that Fortress uses in his own training. Uh, the stuff you, you see, you know is good. This way you don't waste time. So check out the Iron Radio store at ironradio.org and um, let us know what you think on the forums and certainly you can request products and we will uh, screen them before they go in. So thanks for listening. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.